Podcast. Let's talk about the weather. Hello to today's episode of Oddcast. In this episode, we want to talk about ugly, dirty rivers and how they become clean again. And the guest to talk about this is Dr. Stefan Treuke from the Emscher Genossenschaft, which is a German yeah, union for um, maintaining that river. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, actually, we are uh, dealing with the whole water cycles of two main rivers in the Rome metropolis. These are the Emscher and the Lippe. And we are basically a wastewater treatment provider in the first place, but we have added many, many other different fields of activity in the last year. So we are dealing with, really with the whole water cycle of our two main rivers and also its uh, tributaries. So we have many tributaries. And the Emscher Genossenschaft is to, you can conceive the Emscher Genossenschaft as a public service provider, but they have a cooperative structure. That means um, they have as their members uh, the whole cities in the Emscher region and the Lippe region. Which is in the western part of Germany. In the western yeah. part of Germany, very close to the Dutch border. And it was uh, Germany's, let's say, industrial locomotive for many years. And uh, you have to understand that this kind of industrialization really characterized our region and with many challenges, actually, especially when it comes to our infrastructure of the wastewater treatment plants, because there were many depressions caused by the mining excavation process. And we were only capable during the last 30 years to implement our measures because the industrialization has stopped and we... Uh, all the coal mining process has ceased. So let's let's step back maybe 50, 60 years or even 100 years. How was the Emscher back then? How can our listeners Im imagine what that river was like? Yeah, the Emscher like 100 years ago, it was uh, in its original beds, let's say, The original course was, uh, so you can understand it as a kind of meandering river, like many, many other rivers passing through uh, back then, not very industrialized landscape. But this has completely changed because uh, we have really uh, got into the process of industrialization at the very beginning of the 20th century in that region. So many coal mines and the... Um, The challenge actually back at this steel year. factories, right? Steel factories, and yeah. uh, before you had coal mining process, but then also came the steel factories and everything. Um, and the challenge was back then that also has justified the foundation of our company is that there was um, a lack actually of wastewater structure to carry all the wastewater of both households and the industries. And also as a kind of precondition of industrialization, the Emscher had to be made into a channel. So that means from the original courses as a meandering river, like many, many other landscapes, it had to be channeled into one very functional river, carrying all the waste of the households and of the industrial plants. So like everything. a straight concrete channel. Like a straight yeah. concrete channel. You can uh, conceive it as a V-shaped profile. Uh, concrete walls and that has been let's say the first part of the Emscher conversion that was actually during almost the whole 20th century this was built so uh, you just made out of the original course of the river you made a very functional uh, v-shaped profile um, carrying all the wastewater so the river was trapped into a sort of cage 
Yeah, it was yeah. trapped in a sort of yeah. cage, and also not only the Amsha itself, but also its tributaries. So we have uh, roughly 380 kilometers of tributaries, whereas the Amsha is only 80, 80 kilometers of length. So, um, but all this kind of very filigrane system of tributaries is also also served as V-shaped uh, channels uh, carrying the wastewater. So the factories, the mines, and also the households, they diluted their wastewater to that channeled Emscher River. Yeah, that's correct. They so, discharged into the river, and so the river was used for both rainwater and all the wastewater coming from the households and the, and the industries. So we can think how it used to smell back then. Yeah, yeah. it was a very... Uh, The inhabitants mostly complained about the smell, but it was also very unattractive. You can imagine that living next to a wastewater channel, a wastewater, an open sewer channel, actually, was not not, not very attractive. But back then, back then there was other times. So people uh, were actually living next to the Emscher, and they were living in the in these neighborhoods and working in, in the very close by coal mines. So, um, but it was a very unattractive setting. Let's mm -hmm. say it like this. Uh, yeah, I guess the smell is not the worst thing about that, but you also have some health issues with that, right? Yeah, the health issues. These actually were also the reason to overcome uh, all these challenges because um, the original meanders of the Amsha, they caused many floodings when it was raining. So back then, before you had the channel, you had many diseases because there were periodically flooded areas where all, also the wastewater came into. That was also due to the depressions caused by the coal excavation process. So in that very... In that very case, really, the diseases have stopped after the construction of the Emscher sewer channel because they were channeled into one, you know, river. So it couldn't flood, it, it couldn't get over uh, when you had this kind of uh, flooding or so anything. So this is not, I mean, we are talking about one specific river and one project, but I guess this is not singular to that region, that we have similar situations in many other areas in the world. Yeah, that's correct. And... Um, I can only talk of my experience because I know that in Brazilian cities, like think about Sao Paulo, you have many, many super channels that are running through the city and um, usually they are running through lower class neighborhoods, but you also have some higher class, upper class neighborhoods that the river is running through and it's the complete open sewer channel without any uh, changes to that. So you have the same challenge in right now many countries and our message would be really if you doing this kind of conversion if you have to want, want to have to uh, a very integrated solution it's uh, necessary to talk about what we have done wrong in the past but what we can also make as a transfer of our solutions because in our days you have to think about a bit more resource efficient way how to recreate the rivers it's not only about the wastewater infrastructure i'm coming to that part in a few but it's also the way how to redesign landscapes left and right to the then recovered rivers and that's uh, maybe our message but you have the situation in many many other countries and i think uh, there should there are many potentials out of this as well okay so let's cover it step by step um we had this channeled wastewater open wastewater channel uh, or river and um there was this idea to get this back to its original shape. So what happens with the wastewater now? Yeah, the wastewater. So that is actually we're coming right now to the second part of the Emscher conversion that started back in the 1990s of the last century. So that was also in the attempt of the 
regional government to transform the raw metropolis into a more, let's say, attractive region when it comes to investment. And one of the main ideas that he have to prepare first the landscape. So that means uh, basically creating green infrastructure, but also creating a modern wastewater infrastructure in order to get investments into the region. Because you can understand that uh, nobody wants to live next to a wastewater channel and also industries or uh, providers won't actually invest in regions such as these. So what we have basically done in the last 30 years was an investment of 5.5 billion euros was to separate the two, the one system of wastewater channel that carried both rainwater and wastewater into a two-fold system by actually putting all the wastewater infrastructure in a depth of roughly 30 meters to 20 meters under the soil then and to recover the river on the ground. So a two-fold system where the rainwater is flowing in the right now renatured rivers and where the wastewater under the soil is carrying all the waste of the households and the industries, but it's completely separated. And the same thing happens to the tributaries. So you have also a parallel system also for the tributaries when it comes to discharging into that underground sewer channel and uh, the rivers right now are cleaned. And that's quite an infrastructure because it's, you have to understand that it was mostly urbanized on the ground so you can understand if you want to dig a hole into 30 meters where all you have an existing infrastructure under the soil with cables and everything so that's why it took us 30 years and why it costed us 5.5 million euros yeah. so for all these smaller streams and rivers uh, are they also the wastewater is also under the earth it's also under the earth correct yeah, yeah so as you said 30 years of construction now you're close to the end yeah, right now we have, uh, if you say it's, it's still smelling, then mm. it's correct. We have like four or five kilometers left of the whole track of uh, the length of three, 300 something kilometers of wastewater streams have already been constructed and we have few left. So for instance, in Essen, there's certain neighborhoods where we are still constructing this underground uh, sewer infrastructure. And right now we are at the second step. That means once we have implemented that whole infrastructure of the wastewater stream under the soil we are now able to recover the rivers that's the second process so um, we have right now recovered rough, roughly one third of all the rivers that means we have tried to put it into its original courses such as we can see uh, for example uh, in Kastrop-Rauxel and Recklinghausen it's called Emscherland where we have completely uh, have a re- covered landscape left and right to the Emscher. But we have many, many other regions or around the Emscher, along the cities, where this is not possible because you have a very urbanized setting already and you have to protect the dikes in the first place. But where possible, especially at its tributaries, we are right now recovering also the rivers and that means that we can build up many projects left and right to the tributaries and the Emscher, such as new housing projects, but also new landscape parks, new mobility tracks for bicycles and everything. Quite many things are possible here to think together with our partners, the in, cities. In Dortmund, you even have a lake? Yeah. A new artificial lake? Yeah. One of our prime examples, let's say how cooperation and transformation can work together between our company as a wastewater or water water manager together with the city government of Dortmund is uh, the Lake Phoenix. Lake Phoenix was before, uh, well, before it was a brownfield, it was a steel factory. So the steel factory uh, was 
transposed, transferred to China, where they rebuilt it, and uh, there was a big brownfield in Dortmund, in Dortmund Hurt, actually. And the idea was to redesign the landscape under the scope of also climate change, but also of um, waterfront cities. So we have actually flooded the lake, um, and we are also maintaining the lake, and uh, left and right to the lake, uh, the new housing development companies started to build up uh, higher class design mansions and housing so gastronomy right is there gastronomy yeah. you have also uh office space and everything it's a quite mixed area but it's a new type how to maybe uh, use left and right margins for new housing developments so or let's say living close to the water that's quite an universal concept that almost every city right now is trying to adopt uh, in, in in many countries when we talk about the challenges like as you said urbanized areas where um, it's not that easy to dig a hole of course you have a cost because the uh, construction work is complex um, what other benefits do we have apart from of course that it doesn't smell anymore and the benefits um, they have been actually measured in the case of the Emscher sewer channel of the Emscher conversion they like this 5.5 billion euros They had some secondary and led actually to secondary investment of 30 billion euros that comes when it comes to job creation, but also to the settlement of companies and uh, the middle and upper classes. So the region as a whole is gaining in attractivity because uh, it's more attractive to invest. And also, uh, especially when it comes to the soft factors that people, the employers settle right now uh, in areas that were formerly avoided avoided by those people that we are talking here about the middle and upper classes. And the Roman metropolis really lacks middle and upper classes. That's also a new, uh, well, a new positive development when it comes to taxpayers. So we have very uh, a different structure right now of companies and new middle and upper classes uh, and higher actually revenues from taxpayers. So um, you can measure it when it comes to new types of city planning. So the benefit is there that you have right now a changed landscape and you can use it for many types of new investments, uh, whether it be new parks being created, whether it be new tracks of tourism being implemented or whether it be housing development and everything. And the benefits um, are quite, uh, they were not very tangible, let's say like this, because the uh, under soil infrastructure was not visible for people. So what we have tried to do is uh, try to show to the public is that from 2006, we had a regional master plan all along the Emscher and its tributaries, but we focused on the Emscher, on the main course. And we have tried to put many visible measures of how the river has changed. So, um, but these were small measures. Uh, like I said, these were so-called blue classrooms where people right now can rediscover the right now renatured tributaries. And, uh, you know, especially the younger, younger generation can learn how to uh, deal with uh, the resource of water in a more purposeful or resource efficient way. How, because they don't know how it looked before, you know, they, they can't imagine how the sewer channel was polluting all the area and how it was unattractive. So we're trying to get it more visible. But let's say uh, it stops there where we don't own the lands. We, are, we own a lot of lands left and right to the Emscher and its tributaries. We have bought these lands and many of these lands were also used for maintenance reasons. So it's but also part of the cost, of course, buying the land. Buying the land is part of the costs, mm. but we are no regional developer, let's say, like this. We can give impulses for, let's say, city development and regional strategic uh, developments, but only from the water side. 
It means uh, we have to work together with, for instance, City of Dortmund, like in the case of the Lake Phoenix, or in many other cases with other different different partners. Uh, but you see there, let's say we are trying to redesign the cities from the water side. That's our contribution for the transformation of the region. So that's also one message that we share in this year where Ott um, celebrates 150 years of uh, existence that hydrology is not a silo discipline. Maybe it has never been, but a sort of. Um, that we need to look into other disciplines. What are they also doing? How can we all improve our um, yeah, mutual life by collaboration with other disciplines? You said when... Uh, You needed to redesign some of the structure there and some of the areas. Of course, you have a lot of stakeholders, experts from other disciplines. So what kind of challenges does that bring to you? Yeah, that's our always was our biggest challenge, let's say it like this, because um, times have changed quite considerably because um, when it comes to the very first step back then at the 19th century, beginning of the 20th century, when we had to rebuild the uh, whole sewer system, there was a common, let's say, goal, and everybody understood it, that something had to be done for the region to get industrialized. First, we had to build this kind of sewer infrastructure. So that was very clear. You had some common goal, and all the cities uh, get adopted to that idea and work together, actually. Nowadays, it's more complicated. That also dates back, or realize, uh, on the very heterogeneous and polycentric landscape that we have. We have many smaller and bigger cities, but we don't have a regional government governance authority. We have one actually, but it's not that easy to work. Um, it's, it's very hard to coordinate. So nowadays, it's the great challenge is to work for different strategic topics at a regional scale. But it's very hard to get all the cities all together because all have their own vested interests. They all have, for instance, we are now into a bit more this area of climate change adaptation. They all have their climate change adaptation plans. And they all get a climate change adaptation managers in all cities. But if you do it in a regional scale, you're really working on urban transformation as a region. And uh, for in, in the case of Germany, it's pretty easy to understand that you get different types of funding when it comes to applying as a region for funding programs, such as the Amsher conversion was back then, and right now it's climate change adaptation, you have different or you have really higher chances to get European funding when you apply as a region as a whole and not only at the municip municipality scale. So, um, But it's, it's, pri it's, 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 it's hard work actually because you, have also, you always have to work on the community building, uh, get them all together, get them all in one boat and work on, on the same goal. But it's it's pretty tricky, actually. And, but a lot I think of soft it, skills needed. A lot of soft skills and a lot of what you have mentioned before, this kind of very integral approach of uh, wastewater or of, of, of water planning as, as a whole. Uh, you don't not only need engineers. Engineers is a very, it's our really core capacity to build channels and to rebuild uh, all the river systems. These are engineers. But you should add actually some other topics when you're doing some river recovering project. It's not only about getting it out of the V-shaped profile channel, but it's also in a way you should add topics such as housing, mobility, tourism, climate change adaptation, measuring, 
Now, when it comes to mm. flooding and everything. So it's a very broad picture that we are trying to convey here. And, and that's also the message, I think, that you... But it's very tricky because people are very used to think more in sectors and also when it comes to responsibilities, especially when you're in public sector. So, um, but there's a mind shift actually, I think that's going on right now, but it takes some time. Uh, but that's the essential because I think topics are here and money is also available. But to get them all to work together, it's uh, it's it's a question of regional governance. So your appeal or your message is to find people with a similar vision or similar goal and then to apply for the funding and to start that whole project as a group, yeah, as as a joint effort instead of this silo thinking. I'm taking care only of the five kilometers of river that are in my city, for example. No, yeah, we want to do that as a whole. Yeah, yeah especially when it comes to water, you say, uh, you can imagine that water doesn't stop at the borders of your neighborhood or of your city. Water is touching a whole uh, region. Uh, our Emscher is passing through 15 cities. Uh, so uh, you cannot only consider one city, but you have to also consider the other cities. And um, a good example of how this actually has worked out or how we're trying to get them all together is our new climate change program where we really have this uh, 15 members of the Amsha cities that are working in the, the funded program of 250 million euros to get the city's climate change ready. That means we are implementing basically climate change adaptation measures at the scale of right now 15, but in the future 53 municipalities. And that's working, but um, in many other topics, people are still not working together, so um, it's not that easy. So... We are coming to an end for this episode, but um, I think it's very, it's a very nice story to, to say that we first, we put the river into a cage and now we release it again. And this is like, like a whole story. Um, so, and also thinking about that people started to build cities, of course, at rivers. And then in the Western world for us, water is nothing special. It's just there. We are in a lucky position that we don't have to care about water, but maybe we will have to in the future. So water as a natural, valuable resource will become more essential to us too. And um, what is your vision for your company also once this river will be clean again? Yeah. Is your mission complete then? <laughs> well, in the first place, I think river offers many opportunities and water should be considered not, not as a problem but as a solution to many things. So um, you've talked about the benefits back then and uh, for instance, uh, generating energy out of the wastewater, out of, out of the water in general is, is a very, uh, also very future topic, let's say like this. But we, um, like, like we have always to think about the future, I think we still have many things uh, that we can have our company on maintenance and everything of the rivers and uh, so on. But um, we are trying to get into more uh, this kind of regional planning issue or topic that we are thinking about what are the chances of transforming rivers for city planning especially. Now, where can we get into uh, creating new housings together with new office space and wrecks next to the water. So, And these concepts uh, are quite uh, long-lasting concepts. The same thing is when it comes to floodings. We have one of our, our biggest topics right now is 
you not only have the river, river, but you also have flooding issues. So the dikes have to be protected. Dikes have to be leveled up. Like uh, we have many new laws that are saying that we have many tasks or many work to do in the future. But um, I think also as a public service sector that doesn't need to redefine itself because you always have uh, your your money, especially also because you're tax financed. But we have to go with the future. That means uh, all these new tasks uh, all around the water cycle, I think they demonstrate that the water company can be a very key provider or a key stakeholder for transforming the region. And we can act as a kind of uh, impulse giver, but also as a partner in many, many ro roles. It, it depends. When it comes to recreating the river margins left and right, we are sure are giving in the impulses and we are the lead in this process. But when it comes to city designing, we are one of the many partners among many other institutions. So I think that's a long-term task that we are here into. But the contribution would be in the future to find different ways how to transform the rural metropolis and make it more attractive for investments. So we are also talking about job creation. We are talking about, we have a lot of migration. So what is our contribution to that? I think we have to think not only as a infrastructure topic or something that has to do with we are a provider, but also that we are assuming more responsibilities when it comes to the transformation of a city and as a region as a whole. So that's where I see, where I see our future and it has to be prepared right now because I think the Climate change is one of the biggest challenges, I think. Uh, we, I've just mentioned it, but this 250 million euro program is just the beginning. If we do it right, if we can convince the funding authorities that we are working at the regional scale, so there's more funding to adapt the cities, and there we can create a blueprint for other regions in many, many other cities of the world that have this kind of industrial pass, or they still have it. But how to cre create something out of a problem and make it into one big opportunity? And that's maybe the idea here, that we are trying to give an idea how it can be done. And that's, I think, for the next 30 years at least, we have work to do. Also to have this transferring effect, create more cooperation, more projects to talk with other cities and regions of the world, to have this uh, dialogue. Yeah. I'm curious what you will tell me in 30 years, when we might meet for another episode. Until then, thank you very much, Dr. Stefan Dreuke from WMscher Genossenschaft. Um, I will add some links to the description so you can learn more about this specific project. And for now, thank you and goodbye. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Goodbye. Let's talk about the weather.